Bulletin. Western nations warn of further consequences for Russia as Vladimir Putin annexes four occupied regions of Ukraine. Health advocates urge more resources for the public hospital system as COVID-19 measures are wound back further. And in sport, a celebration of Aboriginal rugby league talent at the Koori knockout. Good afternoon, Tina Quinn with SBS News. Vladimir Putin's declaration to annex four regions in Ukraine has been condemned as a fantasy that has no legal effect. In a 37-minute speech, which was oftentimes rambling, he claimed as Russian territory the four areas of Ukraine which held Kremlin-organized referendums, Kherson, Zaporizhia, Luhansk and Donetsk. The move was swiftly condemned by countries who spoke during a vote on a UN Security Council resolution brought about by the United States. The UK ambassador to the UN, Barbara Woodward, says that the land grab is not recognised by the international community. Not a single other member of this council recognises Russia's attempted illegal annexation of Ukrainian territory. Russia's veto doesn't change that fact. The resolution urged all countries not to recognise any purported annexation of the territory by Moscow. Of 15 members of the Security Council, the vote result was 10 to 1, with China, India, Brazil and Gabon abstaining. However, Russia used its veto power to condemn the motion. Ukraine's ambassador to the UN, Sergei Kislytsia, says Russia is isolated. His lonely hand just raised against the draft resolution has again testified to Russia's isolation and his desperate attempts to deny reality and our common commitments starting from the UN Charter. And the US President Joe Biden says Congress has approved legislation for further funding and military aid for Ukraine. The funding amounts to $19.2 billion. He says he's also in talks with US allies to announce new sanctions against Russia within the next 24 hours. America is fully prepared with our NATO allies to defend every single inch of NATO territory. And I have to be, I've been in close touch with uh, with our uh, allies. Uh, we're announcing uh, new sanctions today as well, that including new authorities to sanction anyone who provides political or economic support to Russia's fraudulent territorial claims. At least 24 students who were preparing for university entrance exams are dead after a suicide attack targeted an education centre in the Afghan capital of Kabul. Those who survived say the bomber shot dead two security guards before entering the gender-segregated classroom for female students. No group has yet claimed responsibility for the blast at Karshaya Educational Centre, but the IS group claimed previous attacks in that area, targeting girls, schools and mosques. Zineba Zimi is a resident of Kabul. She says that her sister is among the dead. This morning she left home and went to attend the exam. I told her, it's late, don't go. But she said, no, I'm going. Once she left the house, it was around 9am. That's when we heard about the explosion. It was when we were at the emergency hospital that we got a call from the Alijina hospital that my sister's dead body had been found. We went there and saw her dead body. 
The United Nations Assistance Mission in Afghanistan says that 36 people have been injured in the attack, adding that the death toll is likely to rise. We return home now and health advocates are warning that the decision to scrap mandatory isolation periods for people infected with COVID-19 risks putting more strain on the hospital system if more highly transmissible variants emerge. From October 14, those who test positive for the coronavirus will no longer be required to isolate themselves at home for five days. Pandemic leave payments will also end at that date, but will remain for workers in hospitals and aged care. Emergency medicine doctor Sarah Whitelaw from the Australian Medical Association says that COVID exposed the increased strain on public hospitals and that there needs to be more funding to deal with the demand. Living with COVID means that we need to increase the capacity of our health system. We're very interested to see the health advice. There's no doubt that more COVID circulating puts more demand on the health system, on all parts of the health system. Turning to sport now, and the Blacktown Red Belly Warriors are celebrating winning their success at the Koori Knockout after the team blitzed their opponents in the under-13 competition. Heavy rain did not deter the 40,000 spectators attending the Grassroots Rugby League Comp on the New South Wales South Coast this long weekend. Talented Aboriginal players are showcased at the event, which has been called the largest Indigenous sporting event in the country. Organisers are marking the event's 50th anniversary following a two-year pause due to the pandemic. On day one of the comp, the Blacktown Redbelly Warriors under-13 side blitzed the Dungadi Youngbloods 44-0 in the semis before claiming the 42-10 win in the final against the La Perouse Panthers. Here is some of the key moments of the semi-final game as called on NITV. Down the right-hand sideline, Ferguson, can he get the ankle tap? No, he can't. Sherm's got his second of this match. And he'll just slowly jog it in towards the post. And the score continues to tick over for Blacktown. 20 nothing. Gregor Archie finds his edge back rower. He's got yeah. a double over in the left-hand corner. It's just been one of those games, unfortunately, for Dungadi as yeah. Blacktown continue to pile on the points. More than 100 teams will be competing over the long weekend. The games are being streamed online by NITV. The men's and women's grand finals will be broadcast on that channel this coming Monday. And that's all the latest from the SBS Newsroom. I'm Tina Quinn. There'll be more after four.